my buddy Sheen McDingle do. His name is Sheen and he's motherfucking dude and he's motherfucking Sheen and he's on We in motherfucking business. We in motherfucking business. John. It's working on my end, so it doesn't matter. I hit record. Well, I, I don't know. Hello. Hello. We haven't done a a guitar intro in a while. I've noticed. You mean like a one and a two and a you know what? We're a little rusty on that. It's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a fucking while. I apologize. It's definitely, I feel like, my fault. It's all right. We're uh, We're both busy lads and we're both busy at different times. Yeah. I've only had like free time recently and like when I, I like filled up quickly where I was just like I don't know I've been running around I've only been home like today yeah I've done not a lot today but <laughs> in a good way actually no I played a lot of Kingdom Hearts 2 today and I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say that was a successful day <laughs> yeah yeah um, always yeah. A, you're accomplishing some you're accomplishing a goal yeah I have the okay. illusion of accomplishment today <laughs> Isn't that what video games are? It's right? uh, it's like in uh, in Sunny. It works the, for me. Uh, oh, good in the game, good in life. <laughs> good in the game, uh, doing good in life. Yeah, uh, senior year of college, uh, when Grand Theft Auto Five came out, me and my roommate played it all the time. Dares, and that was our motto for like the first like semester. Doing good in the game, doing good in life. Explicitly talking about Grand Theft Auto Five. Meanwhile, just like everything in your life is like crashing down. You're just like, it's all right, man. Not true. No, I know. Not it's true. It's just like hypothetically. At least the first half of uh, first semester of senior year, things were going real, real fucking well. Uh, I chalk it up to uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. And also, <laughs> other quick side note: I got people at work to start doing the air guitar thing, <laughs> the Bill and Ted like. When something good happens, so I I anyway. uh, I, I uh, also by the way I forgot to tell you I did another I I had a MJ and I were gonna have a hell of a time joke <laughs> fail like like you did when like the grip the grip had the C stand like up by his face like holding it and I was like MJ and I and he just like looked at me and it was like ah <laughs> all right Spider Man I brought. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Spider-Man, uh, Sam Raimi, uh, 2002. Um, uh, I did that. I dusted that one off for somebody because we were. I feel like we hadn't done it in a while, and we were on like a more stressful set. And I didn't even do. It. I purposely didn't do it right. Like I, I had like a short C stand, and I loosened up all of the, um, like the actual stand part, and I went and like I think the legs were already popped, and I just oh went, you MJ and I extended it and I. <laughs> I extended it. I said, we're going to have a hell of a time. And That's, like, like, way more t- elaborate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he was just like, dude, you didn't even do it right. I was like, yeah, but it's been, like, a good six months, probably, since I dusted that one off. Yeah, I pulled that uh, one from the archives. Yeah, pulled from the archives. Um, yeah, man. So we've been talking other stuff. Sean, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all it's right. it's been a while. It has been a while. I'm doing okay. Uh, things are yeah. uh, things are good. been working. Um, yeah. I uh, went to Cal Jam last night, saw Foo Fighters and Queens of the Stone Age and a bunch of other bands. That was fun. That's Uh, fucking sweet. You love Dave Grohl. I adore Dave Grohl. 
You love him. It's okay. It's, <laughs> I think adore is even more than love, personally. But okay, that's fine. It's so easy to say you love something, but not many people say it. They adore Dave Grohl. I adore Dave Grohl. And he was just mm-hmm. so yeah. great. They played for like two and a half hours. Um, totally worth price of admission. And they want to do it again. So thumbs up for that. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. What's Cal Jam? I don't know what that is. So they resurrected. It's more of like they brought it back. It used to be like a festival every year um, in California. And it, I think the last time it happened was like in the 70s. And mm-hmm. it was kind of like a hybrid of like hard rock and like hippie, hippie-ish stuff. And um, Dave was like, I think we should do that again and uh, bring it back. And not again, they weren't there, but... Uh, bring it back and they did and this was the first year that they did it and they used it as almost also a, a record release party for their new album so they played a lot of songs from that they had a bunch of the guest musicians that were on it um including uh like some of the backup singers on some of the songs and he brought joe perry from aerosmith out to do an aerosmith song and then they it's covered fucking awesome yeah it was it was a lot of fun a lot of special guests um yeah it was it was it was a blast no, that's so cool. All right, man. We have so much movie news to talk about. I'm going to say that clear. It's been Jesus. pretty... Yeah, it's as been. <laughs> one week since you Sorry. looked at me. Sorry, that's a comedy bang bang bit. Um, yeah, it's been. Uh, yeah, it's been. Yeah, but it has been a while since we did it. There's, I feel like we, we had a high during Game of Thrones finale. And then oh, yeah. We kind of put the jets and we put the coolers on. We're like, okay. Game of Thrones well, is over, but then a lot's fucking happened. <laughs> a lot of news movie news, and then like now, yeah, like movies we, are picking up again. We're getting like a, a second wind of like big budget movies coming out. Uh, October is kind of dry, other than Blade Runner. Well, I'm saying like oh. like Kingsman. Oh, November. Oh, November is going to be crazy. Right. I saw. I'm going to see. I'm going to try to see both of those this week, so we can actually talk about them. And I, I'm. Uh, I also started well, a. Well, I didn't start. I'm part of a business uh, website that I'm writing movie reviews for. It's called The Pop Topic. It launches October 17th, I believe. Um, oh, that's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, so uh, I, I wrote them two articles. I only have to do one article a week, but I'm going to try to do as many as I can. And yeah. uh, I'm definitely going to be writing reviews for them. So. Sean, tell them that we do this. <laughs> I'm going to totally... <laughs> They, well, they I put it on my resume, and they're like, "Oh wow, he's got a podcast. That's awesome!" So fuck uh, yeah, dude. We can make this like a subsidiary of the Pop Topic and make that loot crate money. Yeah, dude. Let's fucking shell shit. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, dude. That would be. Oh uh, man, if we could be shilling loot crates, I'll work in an, an hour or two of my week each week to oh, get yeah. fucking paid for this in loot figure crates, out how to like rig me. it to my car and <laughs> yeah. do like a car like a drive time commute podcast that'd be kind of funny that'd be, actually that'd be really cool i have to drive uh back from texas to pennsylvania to outside philly uh in january and i'm kind of tempted to bring this shit so i can like oh <laughs> yeah just me and one of my other co-workers just like i don't know we, i probably won't but that would be like fun um Dude, that's really fucking cool, man. Congrats. Uh, Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. I just had uh, what I've talked about before. I had the Andrew Makes a Case podcast finally get released uh, like a couple weeks ago. And, and it's, it's great. 
Oh, really? Oh, thanks, man. That I, I actually that 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 means a lot. And I'm not really just saying that. it. If anything, I would talk shit about it because I'm not on it. But yeah, <laughs> no, it's well, really good. Sean, it's really it's funny. Really, Sean, it's really more so about like what are the episode? Like you are like a like that. You're, you're like an emergency in case of emergency break glass. It's like what are we? Which <laughs> ones are we gonna do? Because those are basically gonna be Sean and Andrew team up against anyone else on it. <laughs> <laughs> to talk about like I don't know. Sean and Andrew nonsensically rant about Batman v Superman and <laughs> I kind mm, I'm I'm not I'm all right I'm gonna just say this here I I'm kind of thinking before Justice League we do a Sean makes a case for Batman v Superman where I have to team up against you and uh, Mark well, Mike Tom you asshole Tom Tom yeah, <laughs> you Tom's guys don't say coach. each other's names that well you're you're getting real uh you you're you're breaking up and you sound like Leia in the Jabba Palace bounty yeah dude bounty hunter. yeah dude okay that's so what? creepy Wait, did I do spot it on it's still uh, you know what? we might we might want to hang up and call each other back for a hot second hold on talk okay. again no you're good you're yeah, good I'm, you're back you're back oh, okay maybe I gotta lean forward I my setup I, right now is terrible I think it's uh, the the phone and not your mic. That's what I was saying. But it's uh, you're back in the feed's good now. Okay. Um, um, so yeah. Yes. So that came out. Uh, we got a couple more episodes coming soon. So listen to that. I think Sean just doesn't want to remember my other co-host name because you know I'm co-hosting around. Undying hatred. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm I'm co-hosting around. Um, I feel, uh, but yeah, no, so things have been cool on that. Listen, rate, subscribe, all the good things there. I'm going to plug that. I'm going to start plugging this more on that, I think, because I don't know how often I've done that, which is my fault. Um, it's okay. It's, the ones that I've listened to, you've mentioned me, but not the podcast. Well, I guess <laughs> you've never mentioned the podcast by name, but you say, I know I do this podcast with my buddy Sean, so you're close, but not quite there. I, I've realized I need to have a more detailed notes and breakdown sheet after doing 14 of those where it's like, oh, I should probably know what to say. Well, because that actually that actually has like structure too. like you, you're actually like making kind of a story out of it or like it's it has like some Sometimes kind of do. overarching theme the, where we just kind of babble about movies for four hours at a time. <laughs> That's that is what we should be calling this. God damn, Sean and Andrew babble about movies for four hours at a time. Uh, speaking of, let's talk a lot about what's going on in Star Wars. Cause yeah, shit's happened since we've been gone, and I think we don't talk as much about stuff because we're like, okay, we gotta save it for when we save it. Yeah, save it, save it, this. Finally, Colin Trevorrow got fucking fired from episode nine which was great fucking news fuck that guy yeah. uh don't like, let the oh, door hit you on the way out dude yeah that was for real kind of the impression i got from that whole debacle yeah because he's i don't know i like a week before that happened for whatever reason i was compelled to watch jurassic world again which is not a very good movie. It's kind. Of, it's a really weird movie, and I don't know how to properly categorize it. Uh, did I ever? Did I ever tell you? Like someone, I think someone on a different pod. It might have even been you or Tom. Was like, it's like if everything went wrong with the Force Awakens and just like missed every mark imaginable. Yeah. Oh man, that is a because yeah. it is kind of like a franchise rehash, reboot, soft reboot, and mm -hmm. like could have just been super meh 
and probably still would have made a ton of money because it's Star Wars, but yeah. like there's like things to like in Star Wars: The Force Awakens, like the characters and the performances, and there's a lot of no the things that are in, Jurassic in World. that film. Mainly the characters, um, but yeah, the characters in J World are. It's Chris Pratt plays himself, and Bryce Dallas Dallas Howard. I'm hearing something in the microphone. Um. And Bryce Dallas Howard just plays, like, the worst outdated stereotype. Judy Greer is the wife, like, which is Judy Greer's only role ever, uh, including yeah. the Planet of the Apes movies. She's Caesar's wife oh, in right. Dawn she, and War, <laughs> which is insane. And she's so good. She should be in more stuff. Yeah, Judy, Greer's, she, Judy Greer can do anything and everything. She can do drama. She can do comedy. Like, she can do it. She can do it all. Um, she's in, uh, she's, has a couple episodes in Californication. She plays a prostitute with a heart of gold. Um, really good stuff. Yeah, Judy Greer's the best. But Jurassic World sucks, and Colin Trevorrow, it always kind of, you never, he never, like, interviews and stuff like that, he always kind of seems like an asshole. Like, uh, he, uh, he had a whole lot of sexist comments come out around the time of Jurassic World, where it was like, Basically, where somebody asked him, like, why didn't you get a female director to step in and work on this movie? And, or there's something about, like, female directors not working enough. And he was basically just like, what am I going to do? Not take the job? Or, like, it was like, I, I don't remember the exact quote. And I don't feel like looking it up because it's gross. Fuck you, mm. Colin Trevorrow. But it's like, yeah. He had some sexist comments. And, like, the gender politics of Jurassic World are also real shitty. And it's not a very good movie, but it made, like, a billion dollars its opening weekend, which is... When that happened, I was like, what the fuck? Even though I think I liked that movie yeah. when I first saw it. I was like, that was a good time. Too. At the time, I was like, that's at least better than Jurassic Park 3, but now I actually don't believe that, because I actually kind of really like Jurassic oh, Park 3. Hold on. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm still recording on my end. Well, you could keep recording. I'm just saying I, yeah. I don't. I just didn't want you to stop your thought. Or I wanted to stop your thought, so I heard all of it. Um, oh, okay. All right, you're back in. Oh well, I was saying at the time I saw it, I think I liked it more than Jurassic Park three. But now I'm I'm like, no, I actually really kind of like Jurassic Park three for what it is. It's way more simple, and Jurassic Jurassic World's so weird where it's like, it's kind of a satire. That's I think the best way to categorize that movie. But there's no protagonist, and like I think it's the island or the evil dinosaur is the protagonist. It's weird like that, which which is the illusion of the movie being interesting. But like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there really is no. There's no arc. It's just like a video game. It's a hundred percent a video game. A and bad just, video game, I should say, because video games have arcs. But it's just like characters going through levels and fan service, and like the, it's mm-hmm. real. In the uh, original three movies, there's only one human who kills a dinosaur in the entire three movies. It's um, mm. Jeff Goldblum's daughter, gymnastics a fucking velociraptor in the Lost World, and it's the only. And it's like impaled, and it's on the ground. You don't actually see it die, but it's like impaled on the ground, and it has a big bloody piece of wood through it for whatever fucking reason and i don't know why that she didn't still she still didn't make make the fucking gymnastics team uh but whatever <laughs> uh that's what bill bloom says at the end of that scene um uh, oh, uh yeah yeah you uh you still uh, uh they they didn't uh they, they didn't sign you up for the team uh, uh, um uh, gy- gymnastics yeah gym, gym, uh, gym, they gym. didn't didn't uh, put you on the, the team the, the team uh, 
uh, <laughs> are there actual uh, uh, dinosaurs on your uh, uh, dinosaur tour? Um, <laughs> but like, there's like a, uh, a, a like an evil pterodactylish dinosaur gets like shot by mercenaries in like a comical vignette of a scene where it's just like, what the fuck? Like, it's it's kind of a mean spirited movie. It made a, a billion dollars its opening weekend, which was the biggest. I think it still might be the well, Star Wars probably beat it. But uh, it was the biggest box office weekend. Biggest opening weekend. Yeah. And so, I. but it's like... I think Fast and Furious might have even broken that. I don't know. I feel like the opening weekend worldwide was like insane. Which Fast did that? I don't think 8 did. The most recent one. There's no... I do not think 8 did. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I can totally see that happening. Yeah, I could see that happening, too. Fast and Furious 8 was pretty good. Um, but yeah, either way, Colin Trevorrow, he only had like one indie movie with one of the Duplass brothers in Aubrey Plaza called Safety Not Guaranteed before that, which was pretty good. Mm. Have you ever seen that, Sean? I haven't. It was pretty good. Um, it's a, uh, it's a Duplass bros thing, right? One, I think Mark Duplass is just in it. They might've produced it or something, but Trevorrow directed it. And then he had this movie, The Book of Henry come out this summer, which is apparently just like big stinker. Big stinker, but, like, also insane. It's about, like, a child genius with a heart of gold who helps his single mom, and then he dies, and then he has to have the mom fight Hank from Breaking Bad, who's the neighbor who's, like, sexually abusing his daughter next door, and so she has to kill him? Question mark? Jesus. But he's got a treehouse filled with Pee-wee's Playhouse types of Rube Goldberg contraptions. <laughs> <laughs> that's like what the tra- that's what the trailer looks like. It's like what the fuck is this movie? And you're gonna direct episode nine? You're gonna be the one to fucking bring it on home? You're ending the trilogy, dude. Yeah, and you hate women, and Ray is awesome. <laughs> like, what are you mm. doing, Disney? Fight! Like, do not let him finish this. But they they didn't. They, he's done. He's gone, which is pretty fucking cool, right? Like, and. Uh, Mr. J.J. Abrams is back to do nine, which I... I I'm sorry, who's I don't hate J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. It's the, uh, the French, uh, French film director. Uh, had a few uh, films, uh, very indie. Little film called Star Trek and the Super... Nueve, I don't know. Nueve is Nueve. Spanish for Nueve. Nueve is also I took French, nine. too. I should know I should know what eight is in French, because I took five years of French. Sorry, Mom and Dad. Un, um, deux, trois, quatre, cinq, six, six, six. Oh, it's baguette. Baguette is nine. That's right. Or eight, <laughs> excuse me. Fromage. Yeah, it's fromage. Oh, I could be the... I could be the better uh, candle guy than you and McGregor. You McGregor's not like get a real French guy live action Beauty and the Beast. Come on, yeah, like, come on! Like you're taking roles away from French people. Yeah, what's the guy? Or just from... get Sasha Baron Cohen. Like what? <laughs> oh, oh man, that would have been really good. I know. I saw. I like my first thought was uh, Sasha Baron Cohen would have been perfect for this. It's I. You know what? He would be. Oh man, this is a tangent. This is our first real tangent. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen should be doing more motion capture. He's like a good character actor, and he can do things big and broad. And it's literally the motion capture is like, "Hey, do you want to turn into a cartoon?" 
Like, okay. <laughs> very, all right, man. Very uh, nice. All right, so I'm looking, going back to worldwide opening weekends, it is, uh, number one is Fate of the Furious. But really? that could be deceiving because it only made $98 million in America and it made $443 million overseas opening <sighs> weekend. That is insane. That is, that's the thing that I love about the Fast and Furious movies. It's not, it, it's how much the entire world, like, it, it's so, it really is a global fucking franchise. Like, that's like the money that Transformers wishes it was making nowadays. Well, I'm glad that they're not. Like, we've been over this. Yeah, well, I mean, we all, we, we all are. But, like, that's what I'm, when they're, like, making yeah. those movies, they're like, all right, we'll make, like, $100 million here, but we'll make, like, 500 overseas. Exactly. Um, but did this... Then number two is Force Awakens. Force Awakens had 248 domestic, 281 worldwide, because Star Wars is very much more an American film. Like, m- like... I shouldn't say American film, but like it's definitely more popular in America. Yeah. Um, then J World is three. So every year pretty much has broken this record. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh man, I feel like episode eight might do well. Those porgs look so cute. Little porgs. <laughs> uh, Those yeah. toys will sell so well. Yeah. Like, but like, yeah, they, they absolutely will. And they already have. Um, Somebody, one of my friends keeps on Facebook keeps sending, it's like a painting of Chewbacca on the beach, and he's just surrounded by porgs, and he's just, like, petting them. And it's just a really nice little, like, it's like a painting, though. I was like, who the fuck did this? And she, <laughs> she keeps posting it all over the place. It's like, oh, now it's on a pillow. I was like, what the fuck is this? I kind of want it. Um, just making its rounds on the internet. Yeah. But, okay, so what do you think of J.J. Uh, Abrams doing uh, the episode 9, uh, finishing uh, the trilogy he started uh, with Ryan Johnson in uh, the middle? Um, well, I don't hate it. Like I said, I yeah. don't... I, I, they apparently went to Ryan Johnson first, which shows a, t- a lot of confidence that mm-hmm. the, that eight is really good. Um, because, like I said, Can't as much as wait. I like, ideally would want him to do nine as well, we haven't really seen eight. It could be like, not I'm not like I'm just managing my expectations. Like everyone's like, I, I mean, he's done nothing but good stuff in his career. Like he directed Ozymandias, which is the greatest Breaking Bad episode. He did Looper, which is really good. Um, so that's good. pretty much the extent of his filmography. No, I'm gonna dive brick. into it before episode eight comes out. I'm gonna like really dive into Ryan Johnson's work. Brick, um, you gotta see Brick. Brick, the, yeah, it's a high school um, noir. It's like, hey, do you want to use? I feel like he uses every basic element of film and filmmaking in that movie in some fucking way. Every scene feels like a lesson to learn. Uh, That's cool. I'm going to watch it through that lens. And it's a good movie. It, it's slow in the first okay. half because it's a fucking noir, but then um, the second half is really good. Like, I watched that on a date one time, and <laughs> we, we turned it off because my date was just like, I'm not interested nah, in this. I like. I was like, oh, it. okay, that's fine. Uh, and then I watched the second half, like, the next day or something like that. And I was talking to her. I was just like, that got really, really good, like, once. Basically, from the point <laughs> we turned it off, like, we should have kind of, like, powered through it. I, it it's a Muscled mo- it out. Yeah, it's something where it's like, I get why people don't like this. Uh, so somebody who I work with is just, like, is real fucking pretentious. And I'm like, eh, that's kind of hard to argue. But, like, Brick's really good. <laughs> Everything else he's done is really fucking good. I love Looper. The first act of Looper, Looper is 
yeah, all of it's really good. I I gotta rewatch that. I have it. I'm looking at it, it on my shelf right now. My fuck, I, sh- I should watch Looper more. But like the first act in particular of that movie is like the sequence where Bruce Willis shows up, and then I think he gets away, and they show in like the slow mo where it's like he looks up and he doesn't have the bag on his head. Joe Gordon Levitt draws the gun, but he looks at him and he kind of he realizes that's him. And then Bruce Willis mm. turns or, or, turns around, and the the money stops the shot, and he throws the br- the like brick at him, uh, the the gold bar at him, and then it's like it's all slow mo and shot real epically, uh, and then it cuts away, and it shows that it shows the difference between the two characters, where uh, it shows the diverging path of the two Joseph Gordon Willises, where the one that we follow for the rest <laughs> of the movie. Wasn't able to kill his future self, but the Bruce Willis or the Joseph Gordon Willis, uh, who was sent back to get killed, he killed his future self in his timeline, and then they show his whole life, oh. and then like that whole sequence is so fucking good. It's so and it's all yeah. it's so masterfully done where it's just like it's like this might seem a little confusing, but just hang on. There's also a dude who gets mutilated. Uh, because of his, like, current time person's getting, like, his fingers cut off and he's, like, trying to get to a place oh, and it's like... Paul Dano? Is it Yeah, Paul, Paul Dano, Dano right? is getting fucking erased. Yeah. These are all spoilers yeah. for Looper, but I'm just jizzing over, all over how... That first fucking act of Looper is so It's like good. a more brutal Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, it, no, it really is. It really fucking is. He's like, instead of fading away, his, like, fingers are getting cut off. Yeah. It's like tongue gets like cut out and he has like literally there's just messages getting carved into his fucking wrist. It's crazy. It's yeah. so good. It's it's really it's really cool. Yeah. It's I'm excited to see what he, I mean like I, like I said I think it's going to be great. I just like I'm trying to manage my expectations and like oh, the yeah. whole like geek community has been like why does not Ryan Johnson do? I'm like we haven't seen it yet. I'm like JJ Abrams is definitely the safest bet, like the safest bet out of all bets. Yeah. Uh cuz it's kind of it's going to probably be kind of like a return of the Jedi because George Lucas kind of ghost directed Return of the Jedi. So, I think it's going to kind of have like a a full circle kind of feel to it that's in a, that regard. That's a good point. I like that point. That's when yeah. cuz I'm not completely sold on JJ, but that is a point in the getting sold on JJ realm. I mean, like, I also feel like they're going to let him, which could be bad, uh, run a little more free with it, and which, which no, could be... No, that's what I would want. Could, yes, and, yes, and, like, the sense of, like, letting an artist do his art, uh, but also, like, it could also be super J.J. Abrams, you know? And I, the more I watch Force Awakens, the more I'm like, oh, this, a lot of this is, like, very J.J. Abrams. Like, the whole yeah. starkiller base stuff, like, with the beam and how it just functions, I was like, oh, this just is so J.J. Abrams. And, like, the way it's shot and... Um, every every shot's like an intense, like super fast dolly in, and I'm like, yeah. it's like kind of jarring in a lot of ways. And you're just like, take, take. It's like the like he's like on Adderall. He's like, oh, he's got to go faster. It's got to go in. Like, <laughs> tell him the DP. It's got it. Let's push. Like, tell him the key grip. Like, push, push the dolly faster. No, guys like sweating. But no, there is. There's footage of him. I think on Star Trek where they're using like steady cams. They're doing like these crazy camera moves, and I think it's him like 
he's like drumming on the camera to give it a little bit of extra shake. He's like shaking it. Yeah. yeah like while it's like steady. So it, like to get the best of like, he's like shining lights in it too, to get the lens flares. <laughs> like he's a very hands-on director, yeah. which I like. I kind of think, I think that's cool. Like he's not just kind of like sitting in video, video village. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who did that? Yeah. Who, who on star Wars has ever done that? <laughs> Fucking George. Luke. He didn't even do it at video village. He did it in a freaking computer room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jar Jar Binks is the key to all this, guys. He was. I still believe Darth Jar Jar is. Uh, oh a real yeah. Thing. The more I, the more, the more down that rabbit hole I go, the, the more, more I believe it too. <laughs> the more I'm fucking yep. convinced. And I'm just like, man, that yep. would have been that. He because Dooku is so shoehorned in. Yeah, and in the movie he's in too. He's like an hour and eighteen minutes into the movie. You see, it him would make way more sense time. if in Attack of the Clones it was. Because the, the twist of Attack of the Clones, it's just like, oh, who's this guy? It's set up like noir. Like, Obi-Wan's story in Attack of the Clones is set up like noir. Like, it's a mystery. He's trying to figure out all this. It's like a cop. Yeah, it's like a cop trying to catch the bad guy. Exactly. And so much is noirish. Like, all the Coruscant stuff is all, he like... He goes to a diner. Venetian blinds and this and that. Like, it's all Blade Runner-y. And then it's just like, oh, who's responsible for this crime? This guy we've never met before. You know how <laughs> mysteries work? It's somebody that you know. It's not just a new character you're introduced with, like, like an hour and 40 minutes into the fucking movie that you've never met. Like, there's no... that. Do, yeah. Count to, I remember when I saw that as a kid, I was just always so confused. I, and, like, then I would be blinded by, like, that, well, I know Yoda's gonna be fighting people in, like, 20 minutes, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, 40. It's just going to be a CGI Yoda versus CGI-faced Christopher Lee. <laughs> which, uh, which CGI Yoda? Which is not his fault. He was like 85. Oh, no. Like, I'll give him credit. No. But at the time, he's Christopher Lee. He's a legend. Yeah, at the time, convincing. Now, CGI Yoda still oh, looks yeah. pretty good. But now it's just like, that is a face barely pasted onto something digitally, like tracking. Do, do you think they went back and polished Yoda? Like the puppet? No, With like polish? the CGI, because they put him in the Blu-ray of Phantom Menace, and if they're going to do all that work, I wouldn't have been surprised if they like yeah. went back and made him more detailed in clones and Sith. I wouldn't hate that. It's Yoda. Yoda's like, you know what, make him... If you, if the amount of effort they put into actually making the CG model, like... I, I don't... If that's a change, I don't hate that. I was actually... No, if it's like if it's improving bad CGI by all means, but if it's just like adding characters for no reason in the background, then it's pointless. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're gonna polish anything, that's the stuff you do polish. Yeah. Would you want PJ to ever go back and polish Gollum though? Would be the, my counter argument question. No. Yeah. Because Gollum fits in that. Like, I watched the Blu-rays, and Gollum still looks pretty good for the most That's part. Amazing. Um, he, he just he fits in the world. Jar Jar doesn't fit in the world, but it was also a few years earlier, and it was yeah. like the first time they were doing it. Yeah, yeah, they didn't um, know And it arguably set the framework for Gollum anyway. Mm -hmm. But I think it did. Uh, I think it, that they probably watched did. that and were like, okay, this is we can do we it. can do it, but also these are the things not to do. Um, and also, yeah. let, and also, <laughs> yeah. we'll film some blank plates just in case we gotta like, just like we don't. Well, know. that was their original plan was to use the plates, and then they were like, these these performances just aren't as convincing because they're not acting off of Andy Circus. Right. So they just they had to rotoscope and erase Andy Circus from every frame. <laughs> I hope Andy Circus was in the most insane and last minute planned, but 
incredibly successful move ever made in the history of film, probably. Do you think Andy Serkis was in the room while they were erasing him? It's like, all right, guys, let's, let's yeah, let's do it, let's do it. I'm, I'm always ready. I'm game for anything. He, uh, his directorial debut is coming out soon, actually. I oh, think. he's doing another live-action Jungle Book, which is a thing we need. No, like it's a, it's an indie film kind of thing. It's uh, Andrew Garfield's in it, I think. He's doing Garfield? Uh, and apparently it premiered somewhere, and it got rave reviews. What? Um, at some festival. I, yeah, because originally it was going to be uh, the new, the other... Jungle Book that was going to be his first movie and then he did something else because they put that on hold. Excuse me. Um, where is it? I'm director. I'm looking at it. It's called Breathe. It's called Breathe. And Breathe. Uh, breathe as in I breathe in air. Uh, yeah, Andrew Garfield's in it. Oh shit, he's uh, playing Blue in his in, uh, uh, Jungle Book. Anyway. Uh, I don't know. It's not the same person. Uh, but yeah, he. Uh, well, the score kind of went down, but the first few reviews I read were pretty good. But maybe the inspiring true love story of Robin and Diana Cavendish, an adventurous couple who refuse to give up in the face of devastating disease. Their heartwarming celebration of human possibility marks the directorial debut of Andy Serkis. <laughs> Is that part of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> they do acknowledge that it's Andy Serkis. Uh, it's it's interesting that yeah, he's doing like a, a movie 50. that isn't mocap, like because that's his like ace in the hole. That's his uh, that's his mo is mocap. Yeah, but but he's also like just a really good fucking actor. Yeah, well, it, it takes a good he actor to be able to do that. I mean, I think personally, yeah, um, which is why I loved that he was yeah. in Prestige as just Andy Serkis and gonna be in Infinity War. Or no, uh, Black Panther. Black for Panther. Sure. Doing a crazy South African accent, which I love that scene in Evangel. With one Age arm. shoehorning him in is insane. And all he does is sit around with a crazy accent and talk about cuddle. That's good villain setup to me, though. I like that. Yeah, because I'm into that. We haven't see- That's a good one because we haven't seen him for like four movies yeah four or five movies since Age of Ultron that's why I really so, want them to fucking bring back cool. leader <laughs> they never They'd... will Tim Blake Nelson went to Fantastic Four I so that doesn't mean anything though dude Agent... yeah especially nowadays the everyone villain crosses the first... over that's true Michael B. Jordan oh yeah Michael B. Jordan did a bunch of people <laughs> yeah, yeah. alright uh, shut up no, Michael B. Jordan's in fucking Black Panther, and he was Human Torch, so you know, you're right. He's, he's, uh, I wanted Tim Blake Nelson to be in the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., because they were the villain in that was you're, uh, you're sounding like Leia soldiers. again. Hold on. Give it a minute. Oh, well, I'm not on my end, <laughs> but you're not going to. This is going to be a All tangent. Right, go for it. Um, the villain in the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would, uh, he was taking, like he, like, he was trying to create super soldiers, so it'd be, like, an attempted super soldier serum mixed with extremists, mixed with, like, some sort of, like, Hulkish DNA or whatever. Like, it would be, like, an, it would be, like, a hodgepodge of all the things that were in, and, like, what the Chitauri, uh, fucking, um, tech, uh, like, mixed together to try and create, like, super strong, like, warriors and stuff like that. And they also believed the villain to be um, uh, clairvoyant. So I was like, okay, so it's somebody who's trying to make Hulk-like soldiers and is also possibly, like, can read minds and shit. Oh, man, it's gonna be the leader. But nope, 
It was just Bill Paxton. R.I.P. <laughs> Bill Paxton instead. R.I.P. Bill Paxton, uh, who almost turns into a robot at the end, and then Coulson just blows him up, and that's like the post credit scene of that season. Interesting. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., though, got good by the end. Uh, anyway... Why were we talking? Yeah, we were talking. Well, we talk- how did we get to Andy Serkis? Uh, we're talking Gone. about Gollum. We're talking about Jar Jar, yeah. which <clears throat> this is all full circle, too, because guess who plays Snoke? Andy Serkis. So, uh, right. Uh, in terms of Star Wars y type news, though, uh, the big one's JJ. How do you feel about it? We didn't really get to your full thoughts on it, I guess. Well, I feel like I want to use this time to convince myself to, that I like him. Uh, <laughs> it's not like a bad this, time to do it. Yeah, that's true. I haven't seen Mission Impossible 3 in a while. That being said, I don't think J.J. does third acts well overall. Mm. Uh, I think Star Trek uh, 2009, um, the third act is, like, kind of forgettable. Like, every time I watch it, I always remember it's, like, kind of cool. But, like, every time I watch it, I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah. Right. I'm, like, trying this to think of what happens. happens and I'm like, fun. yeah, you're right. All the red matter and like the ship gets eaten by like a black hole and like they have to go faster than a black hole will suck them in and there's all this crazy stuff and they fight inside the ship and Eric Bana's shouting about whatever firing everything Um, and (laughs) (laughs) I saw it happen. That's like the that's like the trailer hook, dude. Yeah, yeah. He all of his scenes got like got fucking cut. Um. Uh, Star Trek Into Darkness's f- third act is it ruins the movie in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Where it, the fucking Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> ship smashes into future San Francisco into like thirty or forty skyscrapers, and they all fall, they all fucking collapse, and then they cure death at the end. But it's like you're not curing all that like hundred and fifty million people that just got killed in all those skyscrapers, and that's yeah. in a gigantic overgrown future city. Uh, also, you just cured death. Excuse me. That's never going to come up again, is it? it? it no. Doesn't. Okay. Uh, no, it doesn't. And then uh, I don't know. It, it, Into Darkness is like so close to being good, and then is that all the shit when they get back to Earth is so bad it ruins the movie. Yeah. The only good. I was about to say. I was going to say the only good Star Trek with uh, the new one is the the third one with the a good third act, and it's not directed by J.J. Abrams. So, yeah, it's directed by Justin Lin, who did the. Uh, um, yeah, the more I like movies. read about so Into Darkness, good. the more I don't like it. Like I was watching the half of the bag reviews, and mm-hmm. they were just like. Especially because Mike is a huge Trekkie, so. Yes. He was like hypercritical. He uses every excuse. Yeah. Uh, he uses every excuse. And Jay does. Well, I just want to say, listeners, I finally got Sean to start listening to Red Letter Media and Half the Bag, which took a while. But yeah. I, I it's not him. even like I didn't uh, listen to them. I just kind of like would always forget to watch their reviews because they're so long. And then I just like didn't have anything to watch. So I just like binged them like a good. show. <laughs> I binged like they're probably good. like exactly. 20 or 30 episodes of it. Yeah. But like. I always feel like I learn something. They're from those always guys. those guys are good because. Sorry, go ahead. On point, they, well, they they're always on point. And they go like an extra like mile. What were you going to say? I was going to say they're almost always control. right about every movie that they talk about, even if like you don't necessarily yeah, agree with their opinion of it. Like sometimes they'll say I hate the movie, uh, but this is all the stuff that I liked about it, and you're like, well, they they aren't wrong, you know? 
Yeah. Sometimes they blatantly they, miss things that are like right there. They're like, how come this didn't happen? I'm like, that did happen. You just missed it. But, and they'll sometimes like yeah. put it in the video description that they missed it. But yeah. Um, overall, yeah. they're like, I'd say like 90% they all, they also, always right. Yeah. They also don't give a fuck about their f- like keeping fans. They or have any no filter YouTube bullshit. They just, they don't. And like sometimes the, they can be real kind of. They can be kind of like misogynistic and gross at times, but I yeah, usually able to look past it because I'm like I feel like it's a bit a lot of times, but they did within the last couple of months do a uh, plinket review on the new Ghostbusters, oh. which is like, which is like it feels like it's like oh boy, it's like guys just like stop with this, but they everything's accurate and they bring up how much of like a. I, it's a pretty interesting analysis of like what probably happened during that where it's just like a director who didn't really give a shit and like the actors took over from him and like Sony doesn't know what they're doing and it was just like it was just a whole fucking clusterfuck where it's just like they're, they're like Ghostbusters they're like the first Ghostbusters works because of how tightly scripted everything is they're, they're Bill Murray improvised a lot but everything else is so tightly scripted mm. having no script made that movie just like Whatever. Uh, anyway, um, back to J.J. Abrams. As much as I want to talk about half in the bag. Okay, wait, no. One last half in the bag thing. I, li- I watched their Blade Runner. <laughs> I watched the Blade Runner 2049 one this morning. And, for example, with shit that they're good with is, like, even if it's things that they don't like, it's, like, Mike's, uh, his, he copyrighted this joke, uh, Blade Runner uh, running time 2049 minutes uh, <laughs> was his joke. Uh, cause it's like two hours 44 or something like that. Yeah. It's not that far off. That's a long but, movie. Um, it is. I'm getting it's, ready for JL I to be that it. long too though. So. so you say you can J off for that long, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> gross. Uh, but yeah, he like super eight falls apart. I think in the third act, I'm back on track. <laughs> uh, like uh, there's, and again, I don't really remember Mission Impossible 3, but I feel like the third act was decent in that movie. I, the end of Force Awakens is the worst part. Yeah. Kind of, I think the Hans, the Han Solo death scene's really awkwardly shot. Yeah. And like, the impact is all there. I think all the emotional beats are... He's, he, he'll hit the right emotional beats most of the time in a third act, but some of the... Honestly, some of the spectacle and stuff is like... Maybe it's because the emotions work. The spectacle feels more empty, but it's like a lot of the spectacle of his third acts and everything. Like, it, it, not everything works. When the spectacle is like really working, kind of like into darkness, it everything else kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. And like Super Eight, Super Eight, like just the ending's just ET. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Where it's like the monster goes away, and it's not that interesting looking. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they teased what that fucking thing was going to look like for so long. It's, like, big. It's kind of got a dumb face. It's got a couple eyes. That like It's got, like, human eyes, and it's got, like, five arms or something. Bullshit. Yeah. But it builds its spaceship. It builds its spaceship. I don't think it kills. It kills only the people that attacked it, which is, like, yeah, nah, that's fair, bro. And then it flies away, and, like, the best moment is, like, the kid's mom died, and he has a locket, and the ship is, like, bringing in metal in order for it to, like, go away, and his locket breaks off, 
And like, but he's so excited to watch the alien fly away, and he's like, he, it needs to go. But then the locket breaks off, and he doesn't. He barely even thinks it. He, he grabs it, and it's like, oh no! And it's like real good. But then he uh, he lets it go, and then the, the like that's the final piece the ship needed, and it like flies off or whatever. And it's a nice little metaphor about moving mm. on and things like that. But uh, it. it that moment's really good, but, like, again, the rest of Super 8, like, the third act is, like, whatever, I guess. I, I just, I never am that impressed. I feel like it's really The Force Awakens, though, that I'm basing this off of. Now, all of that being said, he, The Force Awakens, I think everyone would agree, people, the worst parts about Force Awakens are, is that, um, I think I'm here, sorry, I feel like I'm hearing how it's, like, real staticky. I don't know what my mic is picking up right now. You are kind of breaking up on my end. All right, I'm getting some of that. My audio quality is shit. I apologize. We're going to take a quick intermission and call each other back. Yeah. All right. Don't stop recording, though. Just hang up. Okay. Cool. I think it's just the, I think it's just my room. I just don't think my like I couldn't do this downstairs because my family was like making a lot of noise yeah. downstairs. But I think it's just my room is just not conducive for this. All right. So sorry. So listeners, if the sound quality is real bad, blame it on me. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Yeah. It's just Star Wars anyway. No, no one cares about Star mind. Wars, Andrew. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, wait, no, you're right. No, no one does care about Star Wars. Um, Pressure is off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, but JJ basically made a remake fan film that combined all the elements of the previous movies. Mm-hmm. With Nine, he gets the opportunity to create his own story in the world that he brought back. And that's actually... Like, that's more exciting to me, maybe. So I think I'm back on board. Well, yeah, and like, we also get to see what, where he takes Ryan Johnson's story, too, because we don't know where it's going, you know. It could be pretty bananas. Um, that's what the rumor yeah, is. I have a very, very, very funny feeling that this is eight's going to be a movie that people are thrown off by and put off by because it's Mm -hmm. not familiar. Mm -hmm. It's going to probably be the most different star Wars movie. Um, yeah. And I feel like it's going to, well, because empire didn't get rave reviews when it came out. Um, but people almost unanimously consider it the best of them. And if not one of the better films ever made, um, yeah, I want to talk about that in a second. Yeah, continue. so I feel like 8 could have that kind of a vibe where, like, at first it might be kind of hard to digest, um, but also, like, time will tell if it's good or not, and it could be one of those things where everyone's like, all right, maybe, like, looking back, it's better than we thought, and it's, like, a, just a good film that's just a little weird, and, like, he took a lot of liberties with the saga, which J.J. Abrams didn't really... I feel like the only major artistic liberties he took were like following a stormtrooper um that like defected from the empire or the first order whatever you want to call it um and like showing flashbacks because flashbacks don't really happen in star wars ever um yeah his his um film techniques were really 
the original trilogy is like really like very basic, yeah. very straightforward, where it's like the weirdest thing that happens is the cave mm-hmm. scene. And then JJ though is like doing like we're gonna be in a ship dropping down and we're gonna be inside of it looking at the fucking soldiers as everyone's like rattling around going through the atmosphere and shit like that. Like that is that sequence at the beginning that opening sequence like really does kind of set the stage where it's like, This is good this is what you know, but just through a different lens, which is like Swordshippers with like dirt on them and blood. Like mm. the whole blood on the mask thing was like pretty pretty powerful imagery. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the music cue. There's yeah. a music cue there. <laughs> and then a, a waste of a Max von Sydow. <laughs> like, what was that about? Yeah, yeah. Maybe weird. he'll be a Force Ghost. Well, I don't know. Well, there's the uh, fan theory that he's actually Boba Fett, and I'm like, yeah, I'll just headcanon that just for myself. <laughs> um, there's the Legends canon, there's the new canon, and there's the headcanon. <laughs> <laughs> Which is definitely Darth yes, Dar Dar that's real. part of it for sure. Uh, Absolutely. Um, there's a couple. There's a Han shot first. Uh, there's um, uh, Yatu, 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 Someone who loves you. Um, um, <laughs> excuse me. Great theme. Um, but yeah. JJ, um, I think he, he, was he, he was he was very vocal about how bummed he was that he wasn't directing episode eight. So I feel like he's just gonna be super stoked to come back and be like, "Yeah, let's go, guys! Yeah, lens flares! Yeah!" <laughs> and whatever Ryan Johnson does to the series, I think will only benefit JJ Abrams. Yeah, where JJ has such that sleek like metal with a light flare with like a light and lens flare coming off of it like sleek chrome with like a flare kind of look <laughs> kind of look but yeah where Ryan Johnson will be like more dirty and like they'll like I don't I think he shot Force Awakens on film but like I feel they're like doing all the, Ryan Johnson they're will, doing all the episodes on film well, yeah. I, but I feel like eight will have a better. You'll be able to see the film grain more. If that makes sense. Yeah, like it's it's not going to look. I as notice it more perfect. on the Blu-ray than in theaters. Theaters is very polished look because it's always projected. But I'm gonna see that stuff in mm-hmm. 70 mil if I can IMAX because I think tickets go on sale tomorrow. Because they're oh, yeah, dropping the trailer, new, new trailer. Which we probably should have just waited to do this until tomorrow. But we'll just throw up another one when we uh, yeah, our minds fun. get blown by the new Star Wars trailer. I'm gonna be real fucking pumped, even if it's like 20 minutes long. I don't give a shit. Uh, we'll do a quickie, a Sean and Andrew quickie. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm down. I'm, uh, I'm not really doing anything tomorrow, so we could do a quick. We could do like a reaction, a video, if you really wanted. We to. could. Or uh, not a video, I mean, but I, gotta, I, gotta I don't know. It might be tough to do via Skype, but um, yeah, the we, we could pull it off the uh, the new trailer drops tomorrow, which I think that's that they did that with last Force Awakens too. They dropped it at Monday Night Football, and then they put the tickets available on sale. Right. Yeah. No, I remember that happening. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot of trailer. I feel like, should we move on to trailer talk or should we like, should we do um, a brief Do you want to do like a, well, we kind of alluded to the Obi-Wan movie being the next standalone in our first State of Star Wars episode. Yeah. 
you texted me. Did that get confirmed? And I haven't seen. I think they about did that? confirm it. What? They haven't confirmed a cast something. or director, but I think they confirmed that that's the next one that's coming out after Han Solo. The next one, <laughs> Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, fucking got him. Um, I'm gonna do some looking at this. I don't see anything. I, I'm on Cinema Blend, which 100% would have 19 articles about yeah. it if it was confirmed. Which I'm not seeing. I won't be. I don't think they're gonna confirm Obi Wan until ap- after. Well, episode that's eight. what was my initial. That's my theory is that you're gonna find out that Ray's mm. parentage is somehow related to Obi Wan, and that the standalone will fill in that hole, which I don't really love. But I, whatever. If you're gonna do it, do it. And if you're gonna do it, you better fucking put Ewan McGregor in it. Um, yeah, because that's like obvious to me at least. Uh, and he said he was down to do it. So um, yeah, and he's down with love, which is a Ewan McGregor deep cut. <laughs> but uh, I just moved, and everything sounds a thousand times better. Interesting. Interesting. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Damn so that's my theory: is that we whatever we find out in episode eight. Which is like retcon for days, but they kind of already established that with Rogue One. They're just going to be fixing everything that's wrong with Star Wars. So there was nothing. Well, got fixed in Rogue One, and I will die on this fucking hill. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Sean? Well, in terms of the Death Star plans and like how they managed to make a hole that would destroy it that was the big retcon of Rogue One but they also I think created more problems it's than a they movie. solved I bought into it yeah I, I don't know I should probably watch I'll probably end up watching Rogue One again before episode 8 and I'll probably like it again oh my god I don't know since I didn't care this time I liked it <laughs> it's like that one time I was drunk and watched fucking Terminator Genesis a second time and was like oh you have to be drunk to enjoy it, but okay. I see what you're getting at. And, all, and also, I wasn't uh, emotionally invested that second time. Yeah. Where I, was like, I already know I don't like this, and it's already it's gonna make. Me I don't mad. even think I've seen the whole movie. I watched like most of it without any sound when I was Genesis. running at the gym. Because it was just on Genesis. at the gym. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, there's just nothing good. Even like Amelia Clark isn't good, and that's not her fault. But it's like if you can't. I was talking, I was talking to somebody where it's like if Amelia Clark's in a movie, she doesn't have any type of real good track record for not really. Movies. I mean, she's people like her in Game of Thrones. Gonna be in Han Solo, so we'll see. That's gonna be like the ultimate test. I feel like. Yeah, but that mo- <laughs> that movie though we could talk about it, but I feel like we've already there's really not much else to say besides the fact that it's yeah, going to be of... kind of a dumpster fire, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hating that thing in that universe I love. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone that likes pretty much has experienced the prequels and is jaded forever because of it. Yeah. It really did, like, no, bring true. Star Wars down so much that, like, people have realistic expectations for these movies now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I no, mean? Like, Rogue One, I wanted, I went in, like, ready to like, but I was also, like, I liked it when I first walked out of the theater, and the more I talked about it with the two guys that I saw it with, we were, like, 
we went to the bar and we were drinking. I was like, was it good? Like, <laughs> yeah, it just kept, it kind of happened, kept coming back. That happened with me, uh, with Kingsman recently. Cause you mentioned, you're like, Oh, I still haven't seen Kingsman. And I completely forgot that I've seen Kingsman. <laughs> it says a lot. So yeah, I was also exhausted. Like me and a guy saw it, uh, a guy I work with, we were driving, um, back home and we had to crash that night and we like went to a movie theater near our hotel we saw Kingsman. It's like two and a half hours long. Kingsman uh, two is like it's like two twenty. Uh, it's long. long. We should have just got. We should have just slept. Yeah. But we were both pretty amped about it. We both saw it. It was a good time. But it was like, it definitely hits a shark jumping moment, and it's like teetering on the edge for most of the movie. And the third act just like definitely tips the scales. And there's some really good stuff. Like Oberyn Tyrell's character from he looks awesome. Game. He is man. He's the coolest. <laughs> Can I can I just spoil one thing, Sean? Uh, yeah, I don't care. Go for he's, it. Spoilers yeah, for Kingsman. Gets, yeah, when he gets introduced, his first line, I think, he's like talking to somebody via like chat or something like that. So he's like basically barreling the camera, and they need to. It's the weirdest part of the movie. I'm not going to get into all this, but like they have to uh, infiltrate um, Coachella, I think, and like <laughs> get information from somebody. And he his name's Whiskey. And basically, all the statesmen are, which are the American version of the Kingsmen. They they are they they always just seem like they've just been drinking the whole fucking day, which is great. Uh, it's a great lens to watch it through. But uh, he just <laughs> he just goes hooking up with a girl at a rock concert. Now that's my favorite kind of mission. And I was just like, oh man, this guy's the coolest. It's I <laughs> it's so funny. It's so fucking funny. Um, and then that's, that's awesome. then that. Yeah, then that chunk of the movie gets really fucking weird. Uh, but yeah, whatever. well, uh, yeah, Matthew Vaughn isn't necessarily a typical filmmaker, and Kingsman is pretty stylized. I mean, most of his movies, mm-hmm. except for First Class, First Class is kind of straightforward for the most part. Yeah, but I chalk that up to having a 180 day production cycle. You're not going to be able to yeah, do that. Yeah, that's insane. There. there was plans to do. I think it was like an Emma Frost, Professor Xavier, like mind battle that was going to be this crazy elaborate thing. And then Inception came out, so they they had to scrap it. But I also like a lot of the effects that they do in First Class are real simple. And I watched the Blu-ray making of, and it's like this the the way that they did his like the the first person thing of his mind is like they got like a a DSLR and they just basically did like hyperlapses, but it would be like a couple they like take a step and a half and then like take a picture and they just did like a hyperlapse that way and then like the way they transitioned in each picture isn't even like the tra- like the norm it, it kind of zooms into the next picture it like it sort of fades and okay. it gives the illusion that it's zooming each time they go but each kind of picture bleeds into the next one it's weird it's a real simple once you when i watched it i was like that's amazing cuz it's such a fucking simple concept and it's like I don't know. It's basically it's just like a weird hyperlapse, and for for the Professor X. But stuff. it's like but, it's yeah. something you can do with a DSLR and mm-hmm. low budget and fast. Um, exactly. Not having to use you can't turn CGI. January Jones into a diamond lady. <laughs> you can't do that, but you can do that <laughs> effect, which is kind of cool. Um, um, yeah. Anyway, um, I guess. Do you want to talk it at all? I haven't seen it. Still. People saw it. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. I haven't been to the movies since oh, I saw Close Encounters. It's been a while. Yeah, of the third kind. Yeah. 
Uh, when did you see that? <laughs> Whenever the 40th anniversary was, probably like August. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, well, it's been a while. I will because like not a lot of stuff has been coming out, and I also just haven't had time what? or money to just drop on a twenty-five dollar movie. So I am gonna. I am trying movie? to see Kingsman. I'm definitely gonna see Blade Runner, and I definitely want to do a podcast about maybe Kingsman and Blade Runner, but definitely Blade Runner. And I um, can do that. Then Justice League. 